It's the Bridge Morning Show with Bill and Denise and Josh and Matt from the Afters with us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. You guys are coming in. You're on a huge radio tour. What three or four weeks? Going yes. all over the country. How many radio stations in in four weeks? <sighs> Do you have any yeah, it's got to be what forty. Yeah. 54? Something like that. <laughs> so you're obviously doing more, more than one a day. Yes. Doing a few a day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. So far, this might be the best one of all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it was yeah. a beautiful drive coming in. I yeah. didn't realize how beautiful this part of the country is because we haven't spent time yeah. out in, in the rural part of Delaware here. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's gorgeous. Kind of yeah. reminds you of home? It does. Uh, uh, I remember looking out and I said, is this Wisconsin? Yeah, no, this is a beautiful part of our country. Well, welcome. We're glad you're Thanks here. for having us. Yeah. 44 radio stations. What's the most common question you get asked? Uh, people always want to know the band name or where the band name come from. The actors, yeah. Uh, how we got our start. That's probably a common one. Where'd the name come from? <laughs> and how'd you get You're your like, start? I've got my questions question. now. I didn't prepare for this interview. <laughs> uh, so the, the name actually came from, uh, it's from the Middle Ages in England and Ireland. And uh, when we were looking for names, uh, it's, it's hard to name a band because yeah. we actually had to change our name. We got signed, found out we couldn't use the name that we had been using. Was that the Screaming and Mimes or was that a different oh, That was, that was the original. I actually did some homework, yeah. And then we were called that. Bliss after Screaming yeah. Mimes. Okay. And uh, after, after Bliss, we had to rename it because... Uh, there was another Bliss. Yeah, there was another Bliss. There was a couple more Blisses. Wow. Was there another Screaming Mime? There was another Screaming Mime. No, no way. way. And thank yeah. the Lord that we did not <laughs> keep that name. The but, afters uh, just fits you Here's really the well. new single, Well Done, from the Screaming Mimes. No, I can't, can't picture it. It's just silence. So it, we, uh, and the way our story is, uh, we were a local band in Texas. Uh, Matt and I, we, you know, we, we were friends since middle school, sixth grade. And after we graduated high school, we started working at the same Starbucks coffee shop. And in that coffee shop, we'd pull out guitars and start writing songs and entertain our customers and... They would order drinks. We'd sing out their drink orders. How fun. But uh, during that time, we started the band. And one of the shows that we, we got booked to play locally uh, was this Halloween alternative night for youth group kids. And there was another local worship band that played called Mercy Me. And they hadn't, they hadn't been released on a national scale yet. So nobody knew who they were. But we became friends with those guys that night. And uh, years later, uh, Bart, their singer, ended up calling us. And he said, our label wants to sign you guys. And we want to take you on tour. So that's kind of uh, when it, when all those gears started going, and and uh, we found out we had to change our name. Couldn't use Bliss, which we had been up until that point, and uh, we just started making lists of names. And you know, when you name your kid, you can name him anything you want, and nobody's going to stop you. Yeah. You know, my name is Joshua, and his name is Matthew. And in any room, there's always a Joshua or Matthew. Good Bible right? names. But yeah. if you're a band, you have to be the only one. Right. So we started making these lists of names and going through them. And then the afters was actually one that Bart threw out. He said, I heard this term, just put on the list, you know, the afters, because we were just throwing, throwing names at the list. And uh, as we started whittling it down and looking at meetings, we loved the meeting. Uh, it, it was this, uh, this term from the Middle Ages in the British Isles, so England, Ireland. And it was a time when they had this class structure. So those rich people and poor people, there was the nobles, there was the servants, the royalty, and then everybody else. And they didn't really mingle much. And they didn't, they didn't really cross paths. And uh, they would have big celebrations and get to that only the nobles could go to, like say it was a banquet or some kind of really elaborate thing. Well, the servants would have to work it, right? They were the ones who were doing all the work. And afterwards to celebrate 
a job well done, they would uh, have their own little after party thing uh, called the afters. Mm. And word started getting around among the nobles that that was happening. And the word got out that it was actually more fun than what they were going to. <laughs> so people started slipping out and going to the afters. And so it was the first time that there was a breakdown in that class structure. Wow. And you had rich people and poor people, nobles and servants together. Mm. And so we love the idea of everyone's invited to the table because that's how God is with his kingdom. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter where we come from, what our status is, what language we speak. You know, everyone's welcome into the, the kingdom. What a beautiful story. That's awesome. I, I, it's uh it's, I hate to ask you to do a song early in the morning, but you brought the guitars with you, so I'm <laughs> going to ask. You've got a brand new single. We're going to play that in, in just a few minutes oh, here. Thank you. But would you would you uh, give us a live acoustic one in the studio this morning? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, thank we'll you. play a we'll play a song called "Well Done," and this oh, is a yeah. song that's uh, it's been uh, dear to my heart. It's, it's, it's a song that's close to me. I, I'd wanted to write it for a couple of years, and uh, I started thinking about somebody in my life who. Uh, was an example of of living this life well, and that was my dad. And uh, he he left this world 14 years ago uh, after a long battle with cancer. Uh, but he just loved Jesus and loved people. And and uh, ever since losing him, there's been this void in our family. And anybody who's lost somebody they love, they know what I'm yes. talking about. It's this void that nothing ever replaces. And uh, I, it's, it really hit close to home this year because I have two sisters who got married. And mm. my little sisters, and at one of their weddings, I walked oh. my sister down the aisle. I gave her away. Yeah. Uh, it was so special. And at the other wedding, I actually got to officiate the wedding and do the ceremony. Mm. But at, at both of those weddings, I remember seeing our family there. We were all together, and I realized we have a family that loves each other, and we have a family that loves Jesus. Mm. And me and all my siblings, we're all living life for Jesus. Mm. It wasn't always easy, and the road was, was very bumpy for some of us. But yeah we're all living this life in pursuit of Jesus. And that is a testament to my dad showing us what that looked like. And I can't think of a better legacy to leave behind. And so uh, started writing this song. And, you know, it's a song about how important this life is. You know, we only get a certain amount of time here. It's very short. But if God put us in this world, if we're living and breathing in this world, it's because God has something for us to do. It's not an accident. And so the time that we spend here is so important. And God wants us to live it building his kingdom. And loving others and, and being his hands and feet. So wow. this is a, a reminder of this song called Well Done. What will it be like when my pain is gone and all the worries of this world just fade away What will it be like When you call my name In that moment when I see you face to face I'm waiting my whole life to hear you say Well done, well done My good and faithful one Welcome to the place where you Whoa. 
will it be like when tears are washed away and every broken thing will finally be made whole what will it be like when I come into your glory standing in the presence of a love so beautiful I'm waiting And I will live my life to hear you say Well done, well done A good and faithful one Welcome to the place where you belong Well done, well done My beloved child You went from Matt from the Afters with us this morning on the Bridge Morning Show. Back and uh, hearing more about their story and a brand new single coming up on the Bridge. It's the Bridge Morning Show with Bill and Denise. Josh and Matt with the Afters are with us this morning. And uh, we always like to ask artists when they come through, actually anybody when they come through, their testimony, how they Mm. came to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if I'd love to hear the story, both of you, if you could. Absolutely. Yeah. So my my story began when I was uh, literally born. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I was born That's in a little a town, to start. little town in Wisconsin, right? And my parents were not believers, uh, and they had moved up to, uh, to this farm. My dad milked thirty cows oh. to pay the, the bills, and uh, 
He also built pipe organs. That was kind of his passion as he wow. built pipe wow. organs. But uh, my mom went into labor there on the farm. Uh, they were having a home birth. Mm-hmm. And local pastor heard that it was happening. So he came out to their farm to pray for him. And uh, on that day, it was a false labor. So I wasn't actually born that day. But uh, he, he shared the gospel with my parents. And, and uh, my dad gave his life to Jesus. And then two weeks later, when my mom went into real labor, uh, he came back and prayed with them, and, and my mom gave her life to Jesus on that day. So uh, I grew up, I mean, they were just on fire for Jesus after that point. It was like they found this new freedom, and, and they just uh, were on fire. And so we were in church so much uh, early on, and my dad went to Bible school, and they said I was around the church so much that my first word wasn't mom or dad, it was Jesus, because they were just Aww. talking about Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a house that, uh, you know, that was very much a part of, of, our, of our home culture, was uh, learning Bible stories, memorizing scripture, uh, you know, praise, that kind of thing. And it was really uh, later on in, probably uh, when, I, when I was in college, that I had some professors who started asking some really challenging questions. And that's when I started diving into apologetics and really wanted to understand the ins and outs of why I believe what I believe. And that's when my faith really became my own and not just the faith I grew up in. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a really important time in my life for, awesome. for understanding yeah. Scripture in a, a deeper way. So and did you grow up on a dairy farm? Was that actually so we, they had sold the cows? No, we got out of there. My dad realized, he realized. <laughs> to buy the guitar. Oh, like, if you knew my dad, the thought of him milking cows would just crack you up. Oh, like yeah. what, what he was doing milking cows, I don't know. But uh, he, did, he did say that this is a little tip for any of you who are thinking of getting into dairy farming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mel- cows will milk better listening to country music. Oh, yeah. Than they will anything else. He liked classical music, but he he would put classical music on. Yeah. He said the milk would just dry up, and then he would put <laughs> no on some way. country music, and those really? cows would just <laughs> release the no milk. So, yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always heard some friends that were dairy farmers. I always heard that di- what's the difference between being in prison and being a dairy farmer? Oh, in prison you get time off for good behavior. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. So good thing my, uh, my dad got hard. It's life. a hard life. Yeah. yeah, twice a day, yeah. every day. They yeah. don't care. All right, Matt. Yes. Oh, I hear your story. Uh, well, I grew up in a very Christian family, and I don't ever remember not being in church or not believing in God. Um, I think like a lot of a lot of kids that grow up in the church, my story is probably very similar. Um, you know, I made a profession of faith when I was very young, and then I had then many times later, I thought, man, did I did I just dream that? Maybe I should pray again. Um, and uh, and then I went through uh, a period, I think, in. Um, Having gone through some uh, a really hard season in my life, um, like I think just questioning whether God was good or not, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I was really angry at God for for a season there, and um, and then one day the Lord just opened my heart up and I was overwhelmed with forgiveness and mm-hmm. um, and just kept pursuing God um, through college and um, so I can't you know it's it's kind of a uh, my my parents had me read lots of stuff when I was a kid, but one of those books is um, Pilgrim's Progress. Mm. Yeah, and it's such mm-hmm. an interesting. Um, he kind of he he lays out you know your journey, your walk as as a Christian, um, kind of as a journey, and and not as I mean there are these moments right where he he runs to the cross and his burden finally falls off right, but then this the journey's not over. He's still he's still going through it. Mm. So I've always kind of looked at at um, how how I. People will say, "Well, how did you come to know the Lord?" I would say, "Well, I'm still coming to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm yeah. still, I, I'm still knowing, knowing God." And I, I think 
I think I look back on my view of God when I was much younger, and I think, wow, that's, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. That's part of God, but I know sure. a lot. I know I know a lot more about God now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say I'm still I'm still learning. Amen to that. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is mad at God right now? Something you know unexpected yeah. happened. Life mm-hmm. life doesn't you know fall out the way that we think it will or plan. Yeah. I, I um I mean it's it it probably feels a lot of times like. Um, like God doesn't hear you and that you're alone and, and maybe that's not your situation. Maybe, maybe you're, you're angry at God because, you know, you had someone close to you die or was taken away from you or something. Um, and, um, and these things are hard. These, these things are hard. There's no easy way, um, out of that. It, it is just, life is just hard. And, um, Life is hard because it's this world is broken by sin, and not just this world. I mean, every literally everything in the world, including us, we are broken by sin. And um, I, I think um, in our culture, in our modern culture, um, we've kind of we've kind of bought a lie, and that is that um, God wants us to be happy, and that God is going to make everything right for us in this life, and. Um, and that's just not true. And if you look at the way God works in the hearts of his people all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament and even even in the New Testament, he works through suffering and he works through pain. And so I think a lot of times people think, man, I, this this hurts so bad or, I, you know, I keep praying for God. I keep waiting for an answer and it's just silence. That is exactly when God is working in your life. That's exactly when God is doing things. The moment that you feel most alone, that is when God is transforming you. And we've been, I mean, we, we've all been through, I mean, everybody goes through seasons of, yeah. of loss or heartbreak or struggle that just mm-hmm. seems impossible. And I know in my own life, looking back on those seasons, those were probably the moments when I felt like, God, where are you right now? You know, are, are you even here? Are you at work in this? I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't feel it. But looking back, I can see his fingerprints all over it. And I think one thing that I've definitely come to to know uh, is that even though I can't explain why some of those things happen, you know, we've uh, just hard things happen. Oh, yeah. just yeah. Un- unbelievable things happen. And like when, like for instance, when our um, our sound guy he lost his daughter at birth. Like it was the thing that we went through as our, with our community. Just heartbreaking. And wh- why does something like that happen? I can never explain it. But what I did see and experience, and I know for sure, is that God is close to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And he promises yeah. to be there through all those things with us. And, and that's the comfort that we found even in those tragedies. Yes. I heard Mike Weaver say one time from Big Daddy Weave, he said, there's a side of God that you only see in the valley. Oh, it's absolutely mm-hmm. true. And I believe that too. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. things, the loss you just mentioned, the um, a worship leader at your church killed mm-hmm. by a drunk driver, mm-hmm. those things were all happening as you were writing this this last album? or Yeah, it's yeah. kind of in, in the season leading up yeah. to that. Yeah. Uh, did that have an influence on uh, your new single? That uh, it, You know, it, <laughs> it really did. I mean, we've had, we had some experiences that really showed us God's presence. So yeah. I, I'll go ahead and f- let me finish that story because mm-hmm. it has a beautiful... Yes. There's a beautiful ending to it that to us really showed God's presence in things and how he does care even when it feels like we're alone in those times. So our, our longtime sound guy, his, uh, you know, he, he and his wife were welcoming their first child and had some unexpected complications in birth and their daughter 
passed away in the middle of childbirth, right? So we went to the funeral. I mean, it was just heartbreaking. Like, I'll never forget a day like that and seeing our friend just going through that kind of pain. And, and, uh, and so after that, um, we had a, a run of shows in, in Europe. And so we invited he and his wife to both come out uh, on that. We just wanted to wrap our arms yeah, around him. And mm-hmm. We brought our wives out, too, to live on Lauren, his yeah. wife. And, and so we had a show in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Beautiful city. And so the, the wives were out walking around the city while we were sound checking. And uh, they came back really excited because they had found this cafe, one of the oldest cafes in the city, apparently. And it was called the Piper Cafe. Piper was what they named their daughter. And it was spelled P-I-E-P-E-R. They'd only seen that spelling of it one other place ever, and that's where they got the name from. So they were really excited about that. They said, "Let's they're open late. After the show, let's all go to the Piper Cafe and, and remember Piper. So after the show, we did just that, and we went down there and uh, just spent some time praying with them, and, and we all said some words for Piper. Mm-hmm. And then we get up to leave, and I noticed that there was one thing hanging on the wall, and it was an award that this cafe had won. And it said Piper Cafe on it. So I, I called Anthony and Lauren over, and I said, you should take a picture of this. It has Piper's name on it. And mm-hmm. so they walk over, and they both just lost it, just broke down in tears. And Lauren said, you won't believe this, but the date on that award is Piper's birthday. Wow. So for us, it was one of those moments in the midst of all that pain. It felt like angels were flying around us. It mm-hmm. felt like like God was saying, I see you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I know what you're going through. This is not the end of your story, and you're going to see me in all this. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, it was wow. it was it was an amazing thing. So as we were making this record, yeah, some of those experiences definitely are what turned into songs uh, on this record. Uh, and we decided to call the album "Fear No More" because as we play songs around the world, as we as we've gone to so many places, and we hear people share their stories. Probably the most common thing that we hear from people is is that they feel overwhelmed by life. They feel uh, full of emotions like fear. Anxiety is a big thing. You know, stress, worry, worry about the future, worry about things I can't control, worried about provision. Um, and people dealing with things like depression. So we... Uh, we wanted to write songs that were kind of anthems, like weapons that you could play and sing over those kinds of struggles. And I've had anxiety in my life since I was a kid. It got really bad. Probably the worst it ever was was after my dad passed away 14 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole season mm-hmm. when, I, when I had panic attacks. And, and yeah. I remember just lying awake at night, not able to sleep because of it. Similar situation. He, he had just lost somebody who he loved, his grandpa, first person who he'd ever been close to who passed away. And he said, I'm having panic attacks and I can't sleep at night. I went to the doctor to get all these tests done because I think there's something wrong with me. But they just said, I'm stressed out. And I said, I know exactly what you're going through because I've been in your shoes. That's exactly what I went through in in that season after my dad passed away. And so just knowing when when I share that, he broke down in tears. He said, I can't believe anybody understands what I'm feeling. And this anxiety is so crippling. He said, I feel like Nobody would understand this. And you'd probably think there's something wrong with me. And, and I said, no, there's, there's a lot of us who deal with that. And so as we started sharing it more and more, we see people share their stories. They put their hands up. I deal with the same thing. And mm-hmm. it's so prevalent. In fact, I, I read an article that said the historian says it's going to be known as the age of anxiety mm-hmm. because of how prevalent it is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in the moment, in that studio, I said, let's, let's write a song for this. What's the song we need yeah. for this moment? Let's write the words. Just be raw and honest and... and and 
let's sing the words that we need to sing over this situation right now. Mm. And it became our song, I Will Fear No More. Well, we're going to play that here. Yes. Guys, thank you. But for here, thank you for stopping by here. Yeah. And uh, yeah. God bless the new single. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, project. A tour. What's, what's we happening have, next? Yeah, we're, so the next thing, you can pray for us. Uh, actually, next week we're going to be, or two weeks, we're going to be leaving for uh, Albania. And wow. we're going to be going yeah. there with our friend Will Graham uh, oh, doing sweet. a big yeah. event nice. in Albania. Albania is one of the, I think it's the only country in the world that actually claims to be an atheist nation. Wow. And so we're going to be doing a big event there and proclaiming the gospel. And mm. just, it's the yeah. first time they've ever been there to do anything. So, wow. Uh, yeah, pray big. for us that oh, God, yeah. mm-hmm. God brings people to him. Definitely. Very well. Thank you very much. And here's the new single, The Afters on the Bridge.